Glad to be here today. Still with us? Okay, straight up 11 o'clock. I'm good. Gavin, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you, babe. I'm good. We are like full on in the middle of a biblical study of the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And may I suggest we've only scratched the surface. But boy, it's been fun, ain't it? Been fun up to this point? <laughs> you know what? It's going to be fun for some of us as we go forward. For some of us, let me, let me put it this way. Somebody going to leave mad at me today. Dwayne, I hope it ain't you, son. It ain't going to be Tom. Jay Scales, I think we're good. I don't know. Joe, we good? He said, no, it depends. Wait till after the message, then I'll, then I'll answer. Listen, we all have a church history, amen. You're like, well, I didn't grow up in church. Then you have a church history. It is the history of not going to church. But we all have a church history. Some of us went to church and where they attended, whether you were on board or not, they leaned heavily into uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit, especially a couple. Uh, today, I, I want to dive into the fact that the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts, all of us. Okay. I will. Don't threaten me, okay? Some went to church, leaned very heavily into a couple. Not that they didn't believe the others. It was just those couple were of, of utmost importance. Others grew up, and, and, and you never, like I grew up, you never knew, you didn't know any, you didn't even know there were gifts of the Spirit. Well, actually, the gift of the Spirit that you had was whatever the preacher needed. So, so all of a sudden, you... Bless God. And again, especially one or two. And then some of you are somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. You had just enough church to know you didn't want nothing to do with the church. And you, you certainly wasn't going to be one of those weird Christians. Which, by the way, both camps have. Which, I, I am right in there in the weird category but so many of us, we got scared early on because it was something we didn't understand. And, and, and others of us, you would have upset the apple cart on so many levels if you would have said, um, is it though? Like, is, is that a move of the Spirit? I mean, you, they, they'd have laid hands on you right then. I'm not asking you today to forget everything you ever knew. I'm, I'm really not. I, I, I've, and I've spoke with many of you one-on-one -on, -one on this subject of, of, of I do not reject or, I mean, lament over my church history because I got more good things to talk about than I have bad things to talk about. Now, when God got my heart, saved me, spirit filled me and I began to try to walk in that, I realized there was some discrepancies. I realized there were some things that were wrong. And I, I knew when I brought that up, it was going to mean trouble. 
And that might be where you are. I want you to know it's a safe place in here to have doubts, to have questions. And I want to validate, especially to you, if you're a young Christian, you've not been saved very long, or maybe you're just kind of getting your feet wet on what it means to go to the next level with Jesus Christ. You need to understand, I validate your hesitancy, and I totally understand why you would be skeptical. Because how could all of us belong to one Jesus and there be one spirit and us fight about a couple of things and not budge? That don't make sense to me. That's not unity, and that, that messed with my head as a young Christian because I'm like, I mean, you know, you, you just said I was part of this big family of God, and you guys act like distant cousins at best. So, I, I mean, I, I get it. So I'm not asking you to forget everything you knew. I'm not asking you to, be, to not be skeptical or have questions. What I am asking you to do, however, though, is let's pay very close attention to Scripture because you need to understand Pastor Dwayne and I have talked about this, honestly, <laughs> till we're kind of done talking about it. And, and, and that is, we don't have all the answers. But what we do understand is what we're not going to do in the time that God gives us up here is give you our opinion. My opinion doesn't matter. Now, I, I say that, and I'm okay with that. And you need to be okay with what I'm getting ready to say next. Your opinion doesn't matter. So we're not going to talk about opinions. We're not going to talk about denominational hierarchies and how things are constructed in those areas. We're not going to talk about that because that's not important to me. What's important to me is that you and I understand that the creator of the universe, God the Father, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who died on a cross, and three days later he come out of the tomb, and when he left, he gave us the best gift he could possibly give us, and that is the presence and power of the Holy Spirit of God. That's what you and I need to know. That's what you and I need to cling on. We're not, we're, not, we're not holding on to something a guy in a suit told us. I have nothing against suits. I'm just saying everybody wore a suit when I grew up. And if he said, if the guy standing back here said it, we weren't allowed to question it. I mean, I mean, that's just, I, and I know, man, I'm like old. I get it. I mean, you're like, well, that never happened in my church. Well, it did mine. The first time that gifts are mentioned in the scripture of, 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 you know, in detail is in Romans chapter 1, and, and the verses will be behind me. I'm going to encourage you today to take some notes. This will be recorded live on Facebook, even as we speak with some Facebook peoples. Uh, so you can go back and watch it, and then if you get a question after that, you can certainly let me know. Uh, if it's a question where you're challenging what I'm saying, call Dwayne. <laughs> I just, I make no bones about that. Just kidding. In Romans chapter 1, in verse 11 and 12, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift Ooh. Hmm. to make you strong. Verse 12, that is that you and I, look at this, may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul's right there. Have you ever been discouraged by somebody's faith? Have you ever been just frustrated with somebody's faith? And, and, and I'm not making light of what anybody believes, but I'm, I'm, Paul is so relevant right here, it's not even funny. That you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, not discouraged, faith, not, discouraged not, not, not frustrated, not aggravated. 
Not throwing elbows. No, we'd be encouraged when we get together. I want to encourage you in your faith, but I want to be encouraged by yours. But I love what he says. I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gifts to you. Now that's in your Bible. We like everything Paul says. I mean, some people get upset at Ephesians 5 sometimes. Uh, we're talking about husbands and wives. But we believe everything Paul says, and we're down and we're on board. So we got to understand we can't pick and choose what we receive. That's logical. To me, that's common sense. And that makes sense. So that's how we're going to proceed. Spiritual gifts are not something weird. Well, they are weird. But they're not freaky. See, because anything we don't understand is weird. Uh, right? I mean, anything we don't understand is, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying we're like, we, we want to tiptoe over to it. I don't understand electricity, how it works. I don't. I really don't. Ryan, my son-in-law, no, he, he, he gets electricity because that's what he used to do. He was an electrician. If I need something done, I don't understand it. Electricity is weird to me. And I'm not just going to go in there and start poking metal things in the thing. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm going to get a hold of somebody that knows something about the thing. And I want to see what they have to say about the thing. I'm still now going to make mine not mind up about the thing. And then I'm going to be full on board with the thing. But, but I'm not going to call the shots in the thing. I will burn the house down and give you a permanent perm. Because I'm telling you, man, I, I know nothing about it. And I'm the guy that sticks a knife in the toaster. But it is a little strange when you start talking about gifts because it's so polarizing. Now, here's the thing. I, I, this is rhetorical. I don't need to hear your answer, but I do want you to answer to yourself. Why is it so polarizing? Why is it so polarizing? Because these verses that we're getting ready to dive into, they're not some uh, some. some um, super deep chosen for just a couple of people to understand verses. These are Paul telling us how to live. These are Paul encouraging us to, to, to search for something. And when you search for it, you grab a hold of it. And I, and I get it. It's, it's, so, it's, it's kind of like when you start talking about really any subject that the church has gone too far on one side or the other. I mean, everybody's they're afraid to say anything. They're afraid to amen, or whatever you do in, in your church history, however you encourage somebody to speak, you're careful because you're like, well, I don't know that person, so I don't know. Listen, I'm preaching to you and you alone. And I'm like, well, there's more people in here. Well, forget about them for a second. I'm preaching to you. And if you agree with something Paul says every now and again, then you need to acknowledge that. Not because I need you to, but because there's power in your words. There's power in your agreement. There's power in all. So when we start navigating through this layer by layer, I know you're not going to agree with everything I say. Again, Pastor Dwayne at bodydayton.org. Shoot that email off. Shoot that email off and just let him know how upset you are with me. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love. Pause. That's why it's polarizing because we ain't teaching this in love. I'm, so, many, so many organizations will teach on this subject, but it's clearly not in love. It, there's, no, there's no room for conversation. There's, there's no room. 
There's no room to say, I don't understand. I love that Paul leans in with follow the way of love, first and foremost. Then, then, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Oh, we, we, we get the cart before the horse. And when we get the cart before the horse and we start chasing after gifts and we don't, we're not operating in that love, that's how it gets out of balance because now your, your weapon is the gifts. And that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to lead with love, live with love. Doesn't mean there's not room for rebuke. Doesn't mean there's not room for correction. But we've got to understand this is like this for a reason because Paul knew because God told him that we were going to so mess this up that we've got to lean first into love. And I'm asking you to do that as we go forward. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Let me, let me just paint a little picture for you if I could. In, in Acts, the Holy Spirit just fell on folks at Pentecost, enabled believers to do supernatural works. Amen. That's, anybody else want some of that? Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, well, I'm in the right place. Acts 19 says that God did extraordinary miracles by gifting Paul. And he gifted Paul in such a way that even his handkerchiefs and his apron, his, his outward garment, man, if, if you touched him and you were sick, you could be healed. I mean, that's, no, that, that's really in here. I know that makes for a weird flannel graph story probably, but it's in this book. And as we mature as Christians, we have to understand, I want it all, not just a portion. Okay, we're connecting the dots here. And then Paul arrived in Ephesus a little later on in the book of Acts. He found some believers that weren't filled with the Spirit. He said it. I didn't. I wasn't judging them. He knew. He said, you're not filled with the Spirit. In verse 6, then Paul laid hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied. Well, that's in your Bible. We've been talking for four weeks now that the Holy Spirit of God is a real person of the Trinity, of the union between God, Father, and Holy Spirit. And Paul's like, I don't want you to walk around and not have all that God has for you. So he's like, I need to impart this on you. You say, Jeff, can you do that? I've never done it. But I'm open to whatever God wants me to do. So there's that. I mean, I ain't running from it, and I'll applaud anybody else that can do it, amen, because see, both, both the speaking in other tongues and prophecy, those are gifts. Those are spiritual gifts. You may remember Peter, the guy who just couldn't get much right. I mean, he kind of fell over himself a lot, much like myself. He denied Jesus three times. The Holy Spirit gave him the incredible gift of evangelism. Are you kidding me? I mean, this unlearned guy, he got up and would share the message boldly, and thousands would come to know Jesus Christ. And if you read those sermons, I, I, you know I love the book of Acts. When you read those, this dude was about as non-polished as any communicator you've ever heard. He just looks at him and goes like, you blew it, you blew it, you blew it. It's your fault. Oh, no, that was your father and your grandfather's fault. I mean, he just went down the line. And they're like, you're right, God help. I mean, I'm like, how does that even work? Try that next week. I ain't trying it. In Acts 2.41, speaking of Peter, said those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. Man, when, when, when your Bible says about, 
It's never less. It means I lost count, but I want to go with where I last stopped. And I stopped at 3,000, but man, there was some more folks than that. Then the Bible says that Peter encountered a dead woman one time, and he turned toward the dead woman in Acts chapter 9, verse 40. Now, can you just wrap your head around this? He walks in, no cute words, get up! Would that, I'm, I'm sorry, that's in the Bible. So what's that all about, Jeff? That's, that's incredible. Get up, he said, and she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Okay, all right. You go, you, you go, you go, Peter. Verse 42, just read that, just read it. I'm not, are you, so this guy walks in, yells at a dead girl. Her eyes open. I mean, they were full on, they were in funeral mode. I mean, it's the, she's dead, dead, yeah. She wasn't tired, she wasn't asleep, she wasn't passed out. She didn't have a hangover. She was dead. And he says, I'm not real sure what to say, so I'm just going to tell you what I need you to do. Get up! Your Bible says she opened her eyes and she just sat up like, what's everybody doing here? Oh. Wait, 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 what? And that news spread so fast. What news spread that Peter knew how to do that? That Peter was eloquent in his speech in raising that girl. No, what happened was the news of what Peter did, what God, the Holy Spirit did through Peter, spread everywhere because of that. And it says the news spread through the whole town and many believed in the Lord. Again, many means I can't count them. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will equip you with spiritual gifts. I emphatically say that, and, and, and without apology, or I don't even hesitate on it. The Spirit will equip you and empower you with spiritual gifts. And the reason is so that you and I can minister to other believers and make a difference in the world for the kingdom of God. It's the only reason you get them. You're not getting them to, to have a, have a mynameministry.com. That's not why you're getting You don't get them for that. You don't get them for that. You get them to encourage other believers and exalt Jesus Christ in the world and enlarge the kingdom of God. That's why you get them. I'll, I'll, I'll put a pin in that and I'll say this. You don't have to tell anybody what your gift is. It, it should not be on your card. It should not be on your business card as you go to church to church and say, you guys doing any kind of like, you doing any kind of ministry? You know, we get these calls all the time. You getting any ministry? Well, if you, I mean, if you're doing any ministry, I just want you to know, man, I'm, I'm a prophet. I'm in, I do this or I'm, I'm the, and I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I got cards. I don't, be, because if you got to lead with that, no, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we are doing though. We're feeding some hungry people. Would you come to that? And then we'll see where that goes. It's like, well, that's kind of not my thing. Well, that's everybody's thing. Because there's a difference in that and the gifts. Come on, somebody, stay with me. Spiritual gifts are given by God to people for the building up of the body of Christ, his church, you, me, so that we can mutually encourage one another in our faith. We read it, amen. 
a spiritual gift that naturally we could never do. And I would suggest to you, if you can explain how your gift works, you don't have it. Because we will never understand the spiritual gift that God gives us. Number one, because you ain't worthy and I'm not worthy. So that's the first hurdle we got is, why would you even trust me with this? I'm a moron. It's okay, God's like, I know that. I know everything. I know you're a moron. But I can use morons. Amen. Are you amening that God can use morons or that I'm a, I, I got to move on. I'm starting to get my feelings hurt. Thank you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Both. I want to talk to you very specifically today about spiritual gifts, how they apply in your life, and what you need to do, and what I need to do to make a difference in the world. I hope you're strapped in. I hope you're ready to go. So before we go, before we jump, we need a working definition of spiritual gifts. Because, again, we all have a church history. you, You don't have to have them all memorized. You don't you don't need to have a list, but we do need to define what it is we're talking about. So if you're taking notes, I would ask you. To answer this question, what is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is nothing more or nothing less than a supernatural ability given to all Christians to do God's work on earth. That's a spiritual gift. I said, that's a spiritual gift. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can jazz that sentence up if you want to and put a bunch more words in it, but that's the working definition. It's a spiritual gift, that supernatural ability that God gives you and God gives me that you can't do without him. And again, I'll say then the purpose of it is so we can do God's work on earth. If you're in agreement with that, say amen. If you're not in agreement with that, say, Dwayne, I need to talk to you later. It's an ability given by God. It's, it's an ability that will surprise you when it surfaces. Any of the gifts, it'll surprise you when it surfaces. Yeah, yeah. And it's given by God to God's people to make a difference in the church first and then to the world. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to ask you to go there. We're going to read verse 1, and then I want to read 4, 5, and 6. Is it okay if we just navigate through this? I, I, if you have questions after this, just hit us up. If you're, if you're watching this live, because I know all these people in here are going to share this message because they want to know what you think about it. So, so just if you need a call from me or whatever, hit us up, hit us up, because it's okay to be skeptical. It's even okay if you don't agree. That's why we're just reading the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, now, he said, now, by the way, letters to the Corinthian church, he had to write those not because he didn't have anything to do. He had to write those because they were kind of upside down in a whole lot of areas. I mean, he had to unpack the subject of love. I mean, we still talk about it in weddings today. Amen. About the spiritual gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. So who's he talking to? You in the church, me in the church, Christians, Christ followers, born again, regenerated, reborn, whatever your church history terminology was, the saved. The saved. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Many, many translations say I don't want you to be ignorant. That's not him being condescending. It's not me being condescending. He's, a, he's very clear on this. You, I don't want you to be misinformed because if you're misinformed, you can go too far one way or the other, up or down, and you won't know what God wants you to do. Amen. He said, I don't want you to be misinformed or ignorant, but yet, according to one study that I read this week, and I, I'm not big on percentages because I can make a statistic say anything I want it to say, but I believe this one's true. 
My own experience bears out this may be true. And again, this is, you don't even have to listen to this because I ain't reading the Bible right now. But I'll say this. In the latest study I read, 87% of Christ followers don't know what their gift is. That's almost nine out of 10 believers. Now, now Paul was clear on how excited he was that you all get tuned in on this, that the whole church would be on board with this. He was clear. Eagerly desire the gifts. Okay? Yeah. So I suggest for the most part we are uninformed. I, I, think, I, think, I think we can be ignorant. Amen. And again, I'm not being unkind. Many don't know what their gifts are. Many don't know where they are. And many don't know how to use it if they have it. Your dad, your father in heaven, never gave you a gift that he wanted you to put on a shelf. He never gave you a gift that he wanted you, you to decide when to use it. He gave you a gift so it could be locked and loaded whenever God said, now you're ready to go. You, you, you can't really schedule when you want to flow in your gift. Verse 1 again, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be misinformed. Drop down to verse 4. Here are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everything, it is the same God at work. So I want you to... You need to like draw a line in your mind. Just draw a line through when we demonize other denominations. Just draw a line through that. Because it's, it's all one God. So just because I don't understand, don't make somebody wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are different kinds of working in all of them and in every one. It is the same God at work. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's Paul. That's Paul saying that. Isn't that awesome? Notice that all Christians receive spiritual gifts. You're not an exception to that rule. And might I suggest that all spiritual gifts are useful. Very useful. All of hell wants you to keep your gift on the shelf. Every demon in hell, they wake up in the morning and they decide, I need to stop, insert your name here, from operating in their gift. Because if they do, we're in trouble. Remember, it's to build up the church, to fortify the army of God, to win people to Jesus Christ. Okay, I, I, I know you got it. I want to show you a couple lists of scripture, a list of gifts that are in the scripture. But first, I, 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 we've already kind of defined it up, but I, want, I think it's important that we spend just a minute so that we can understand better on what gifts are not. Yeah. I've never seen so many people taking notes in my life. Number one, spiritual gifts, not a natural talent. I said a spiritual gift. Hey, listen, natural talents are different than spiritual gifts. Every person, when they're, when they're born, your, your talents come from God. Don't misunderstand. You didn't accidentally get a talent that you're good at. No, that comes from God. But now when you're reborn, you might be naturally gifted to sing, but when you're reborn, oh, are you, 
Boy, it's just got a whole nutter lever of anointing on it. Amen? I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, you can feel it. Born naturally, you get a natural talent. You might be, you might be good with numbers. I mean, that's a natural talent. I, I mean, I love I am not. But when you're spiritually born or reborn, you're, get, you're given spiritual gifts, and they are separate from natural talents. Now, this is what's important to hang on to. The spiritual gift can work in concert with your natural talents. This is it. This is, it's not either or. It can be and. Your spiritual gifts will complement your natural gifts most of the time. Will. But there's a difference between natural talents and spiritual gifts. Number two, spiritual gifts are not for the elite few. Not. God doesn't say, man, I'm, I'm, now I'm going to go, I'm going to take this group of Christians. I really like this group over here. I like them. I like their color scheme. I love their marketing. So I, I'm, I'm going to make them more powerful than the rest of you guys. God, I mean, that's comical to us, isn't it? But that's how we function. We have to drive somewhere to get an anointing. We have to drive somewhere to have your gift activated. What? No, no, it's not for an elite few. No, no, no. No, no, no. Mm. God, help me talk about this today. They're not given to an elite few. They're given to all Christians. Number three, spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. Kind of am, ain't I? Yeah, thank you for still being here. Uh, spiritual gifts are not signs of spiritual maturity. If you've got a gift, it doesn't mean you're farther along and somebody ain't got that gift. Okay, so, so far so good. You love me? Okay, we'll see. Hang on. Listen, in, in a lot of Christian cultures, see, I, 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 had, to, I had to make sure you love me, because in a lot of Christian cultures, in a lot of denominations, I mean, I ain't afraid to say it. I'm not being a punk about it. But, I mean, they, some people elevate certain gifts. I mean, did that not happen? I mean, I ain't the only guy, right, that, like, noticed that when you were young. I mean, I, I mean some, I mean, you're, you get a bigger smile from the guy in charge if you have a particular gift or two or three, whatever. But spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Yeah. I mean, I, Oddly enough, the gift of speaking in tongues, which is a spiritual gift from God the Father through the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues in many Christian cultures today and, and just among many churches is elevated to be priority one. But that's odd because your Bible also says desire all gifts. Yeah. See, here's, here's what this breeds. It breeds a feeling of being a second-class Christian when, 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 this, when one particular thing is elevated to the degree. What it will do, it will cause people to chase the gift and not the gift giver. And that's detrimental. That's damaging to our faith system. Because you can't chase the gift. You can't pursue the gift. You pursue the gift giver. If you're with me, say amen. amen. And I know this can be a divisive subject. I get it. 
But spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. I know because I was spiritually immature and God gave me a gift, scared the junk out of me. I wasn't worthy, but he saw fit. Now, when you start embracing your spiritual gifts, what it will do is it will make you grow up in the spirit real fast. Okay. Number four, let's just get this out of the way. Spiritual gifts are not the same as the fruit of the spirit. We got to understand that. The fruit of the spirit, we'll talk about that later, but the fruit of the spirit are different from the gifts of the spirit. If you want to study the fruit of the spirit, until we talk about this again, Galatians 5, there's nine of them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I talked about it at deep end. Discipline. That's not a gift. Discipline, well, I'm just not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a disciplined person. Well, you, then, then, you, then, you, then you just threw the, fruit of the spirit out the window because if you're walking in one you got to walk in them all because it's just one the fruit of the spirit it's not plural so you can't say well i want that one but i'm you know i'm just not i just i don't have good self-control well then you need to hit your knees i need to hit my knees and i need to call out on jesus to heal me from my arrogance and pride and selfishness until i do have the wherewithal to walk in the fruit of the spirit that's just good preaching right there i'd pay to hear that They're just, they're just not gifts. They're just, they're just not. They're, they're part of the fruit. And, 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 and listen, all believers should exhibit all the fruit. All. I mean, listen, I'm not coming up here let, like I got all this figured out. Please, please, please. I mean, I'd, I'd be just, I, actually, I'd prefer to be down there and let Dwayne preach. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. But the reality is, Every Christ follower should exhibit all of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5. But all believers do not have all the gifts of the Spirit. Two different things. Number five, what is it not? Spiritual gifts are not something to fear. And I pray as we go through these, you'll, you'll embrace that. They're not something that's just creepy. I mean, it's just not. And because you see someone who does something different that you might not understand, please, it doesn't mean the spiritual gifts are weird. That person's probably weird. But I mean, you know, gifts are no gifts. I mean, some people are just weird. Come on. You're afraid to amen that because you're sitting by somebody that's weird. Will it seem odd the first time you walk in your spiritual gift? 100%. Will it seem odd when you see someone moving in their gift? 100%. Because that's, that's how the enemy wants you to respond. Are you with me? But do, I, do I believe that everyone falls down in every service where the Spirit shows up? No. No. That, that just doesn't happen like that. Now, can I say God, God can knock you down if he wants to knock you down. And I suggest let him if that's his desire. And I, I'm all into it if God wants to knock you down. Quite frankly, I mean that in love. But, but to say that everyone has to fall down? No, no, see, that, 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 just because that's how they did it at the other church, God didn't say everybody had to fall down. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's probably emotionalism. If you think everybody's got to fall down, that's probably emotionalism. That, that, if you think everybody has to fall down, it's probably the power of suggestion. Because there ain't nothing in the Bible that says that's how it has to happen. Now, I've been in some places 
Man, I mean, God will buckle your knees so fast, you can't stand under the weight of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. But you can't look over to somebody else and go, I just fell down and you didn't. Guess what? I'm God's favorite. You can't do that because they're not something to fear. You might even think, man, this seems a little strange. It doesn't mean that the gifts are strange. It means as we grow, we've got to work through this. I want you to look at two dominant portions of Scripture that talk about spiritual gifts. I want to talk about some, there's, there's four total, but I just want to look at two. And then I want you to unpack them in your own study. But I got to hurry. What's some of the gifts? Romans 12. If you go there, I'd appreciate it. We'll start in Romans 12. We're going to jump down to verse 6. I'll give you a minute. I love to hear pages turning. I ain't heard that in a long time. Usually when pages are turning, we know our internet's down. <laughs> true story, true story. You got Romans 12? You ready to go? Verse 6, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So, if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. With as much faith. No, come on. God's given us different gifts. If God has given you ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. This is so important. Listen, God just took the pressure off of you. You don't gotta just, you don't gotta try harder with your faith. You don't gotta just work it up. You, you don't gotta keep convincing the person that you're trying to speak to and prophesy to that you know what you're talking about. You don't have to do any of that. Because you need to speak out with as much faith as God has given you. Okay. Yeah. So, so what's the gift of prophecy? Well, it's the telling forth of God's message in a particular situation that God has included you in. And it's always in accord with his word. I say it's always in accord with his word. It's also always in accord with his current work. And, and I get it. There's some instances where it ain't there yet, but it's his work. That's where it's going. Does that make sense? It'll always align with his word and you'll always be able to see that it's part of his work. We're reminded that prophecy is in the, in the biblical understanding isn't necessarily foretelling, it's forthtelling. There's a difference. It, it, now it can include those things, but be, having the gift of prophecy doesn't just mean you foretell everything. It is truly the foretelling of his word. It's, it's, it's foretelling the heart of my, and mind of God. It's foretelling that. And it may not include a predictive um, element in it. And that's okay because you're foretelling. Oftentimes, people who believe the gifts have been removed from the church, that's how I grew up. I, I was told that ain't even a thing and none of this is a thing anymore. Except service. I'm, I'm, I, you know, what I'm trying to say to you is I understand. I understand if you've never really heard this talked about. I really do understand it. And that's why I'm trying to make it plain for you. Those who say that the gifts have passed away and they've been removed from the church, they wanted to find prophecy as preaching. Yeah, yeah, it's common, but it's inaccurate. Because prophecy is not the same as preaching. There's a specific Greek word used in the scripture for preaching. There's a specific Greek word for divinely inspired speech that is forthtelling. And Paul used these words of divinely inspired speech not to say about preaching, but to talk to us about prophecy. And although good, spirit 
anointed preaching will many times just dovetail in beautifully with the prophecy. It's not the same as preaching. There's a difference. It's, in, it's inaccurate, and we do the church a disservice when teachers say it just means preaching. It does not just mean preach. I know many preachers that are not remotely prophetic. And I know some prophets that couldn't preach their way out of a paper bag. I, 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 because their gift is not that. Their gift is being, okay. Verse 7. I got to hurry. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. By the way, this is just as much a spiritual gift as prophecy. Stop feeling less than. Stop feeling like you aren't making a difference in your church. Stop feeling like you're not making a difference in the kingdom of God. Listen, these things aren't in order of importance. He said, if you've got the gift of serving others, serve them well. In other words, do it. And do it with excellence. Some of you have the gift of serving and doing something for somebody else, especially when they don't know about it. Man, that's the thrill of your life. And you all know somebody like that. Right now, that person popped into your mind. Yep, yep, that's what they do. That's what they do. Is that what that is? Okay, I, I, okay. I just thought they didn't want to do nothing else. No, they love to do something else, but they can't get past their gift. They got to serve, Amen. And then he says, if you're a teacher, well, teach well. I mean, like, don't show up like, you know what? I don't even have a Bible. <laughs> I don't have, I, I, you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't planned anything, but if you're a teacher, teach well. Some of you have the gift of teaching. Amen. You have the gift of dissecting God's word. Oh, my goodness, I hope you're hearing me. You read something and you're like, does anybody see? Oh, my gosh. This this, 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 it's never been in the Bible before. And you do all those word studies, man. Why, why do you think that is? So that you can be a conduit, not a bucket. Do, 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 are you writing on the connection card right now that, that you want to preach next Sunday? Yeah, that probably might not happen. But you do life with a whole lot of people. And if God showed you something, unless it was very specific before you at that moment of time, just marinate that thing and then give it when God says give it. And you don't need 500 people in the crowd to do that. I'd say, I'd suggest first it's for your spouse because you're one. It might be for that new Christian. It might be for that old Christian. But it's for the church first. I, you just get all into it, man. You, you, you've got to use that gift to teach God's word. Verse 8, if your gift is to encourage others, this, Paul is just such, then be encouraging for crying out loud. I added that part. If, you're, if your gift is to encourage others, then what are you waiting on? Well, I'm waiting on that other gift. Well, here's the thing. I, 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 bought, I bought my son his first vehicle I think Candace used to use ours. I might have bought Heather her first vehicle. But if they left their bike out in the rain, Dad didn't buy him a car. No, see, see, Paul said, Paul said, if your gift is to 
to encourage others, be encouraging. Well, I mean, I'm just not good at that. Are you waiting on a better gift? Operate in this gift, and he might get you a car. Not, not, not literally. That was for my illustration. You're like, God didn't get me a car. Well, he might not want you to have it. Unleash encouragement. Anytime you see somebody doing something well, even when you see someone doing something not so well, but their heart was to do it well, Come on now. Come on now. Boy, we got a lot of critics in the church, don't we? Yeah. You can't tell me, Dwayne, in a, in a crowd this size, there aren't people with the gift of encouragement in those seats. And you know why I can say that? Because we get it every week. And I want to publicly say thank you for both of us. Because your encouragement does not go unnoticed. It really, really doesn't. And you see somebody doing something, man, just let them know it. Compliment them. Come on, I, I, I do what I do today because a couple people saw a gift and a dream in my heart and encouraged me to do it. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Then he says, if you have the gift of giving, yeah. If you have the gift of giving, you won't be okay doing the minimum. You won't. No, because it goes against your gift. It goes against the gift of generosity. You, 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 you can't do status quo anymore. But it's like, well, I mean, I, I don't have the gift of giving, clearly, because I don't have nothing to give. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. Because this is not just talking about money. God, oh, man, I, I need time for that one, and I ain't got it. I, I really don't. I, I want... I just, it's just so plain, but yet we, we, we kind of look at it. My daddy always used to say, he'd say, man, you're looking at me like a calf looks at a new fence. <laughs> now, you got to understand something. My dad, country as can get, man. God rest him. So, raised in Kentucky, left home, 14, hitchhiked to Dayton, Ohio. What a man. Here's the thing. He knew that I was looking at him like, I ain't never heard you say that before. When did that fence get here? And some of you are looking at like, gift of giving. Hmm, interesting. No, you know why you, things go through your hand like sand? You're just walking in your gift, man. Come on now, come on. Listen, people who don't have that gift... People that don't understand that gift, they will say you're wasteful. If you have that gift, someone will look at you and say you're irresponsible. Well, no, no. I have the gift of giving, so I'm going to give generously. Come on, I want you to see this. so important. See, that, but listen. Followers of Jesus Christ in the New Testament called out people that had generous gifts. You wasted the money. You wasted the oil. You know what I'm talking about. They were doing these things as part of their worship. But people still looked at them and said, I want you to look at that. I can't even believe that. Remember the widow with the mites? Clink, clink. That's all she had. That's all she had. And we're, we brought her up today. We're talking about her today. We don't even know her name. What do we know? She was generous. 
Other gifts aren't more important than this gift. He goes on. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Oh, I love this. You know, everybody don't have the gift of leadership. Man, you can read every book and listen to every podcast, and you may have a talent for leadership, but it'll only take you so far. To lead God's people, to lead your life effectively, you can't pretend like you have leadership figured out. You flow in that. Again, I'm not saying you might not have, you probably have leadership ability or you wouldn't have got this far in life. But we have to understand that a spiritual gift of leadership requires, requires that we're not irresponsible with it, that we're good stewards of it. And we lead. Lead by example. Lead by testimony. There's so many ways to lead. And if you have a leadership ability, Paul said, do it. It's a gift of the, uh, this, this, this showing kindness for others. It's the gift of mercy. It ministers to people. Now, your question might be, Jeff, how do I know what gift I have? I can't answer that for you. I really can't. But again, common sense is so important for us to engage in here. I want to give you this illustration, and I just want you to feel it. If you desire to know your spiritual gift, walk in it, and flow in it, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to hear me. Imagine, if you will, we're sitting at dinner. We're all at a big, giant table. Out comes the desserts. Everybody got a piece of pie on their plate. What's your favorite pie, D? Okay, so we all got apple pie. I know, kind of boring, but that's what he wanted. We're sitting at this table, out comes the pie. The edge of the pie is like right on the edge of the table. The server set it down, but it's right here. Ooh, that piece of pie, I mean, I'm nervous thinking about it. It's like, wah, wah. It's right on the edge. You see that it's vulnerable. You see that it could go either way. And then somebody puts their fork in that pie and it falls in their lap. How you respond to that could be an indicator of your spiritual gift. Are you still with me at all? I'm, I'm trying to make this plain. I am not saying that it is definitely your spiritual gift. I'm talking to those of us in the room that are trying to lean into and figure out what is my spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit of God has given me right now, today, at this moment? So are we in the dining room, right? And we're in this table, and they stick their fork in the pie. The pie falls on the ground. And how many of you would say, I mean, it's all that coming. You lean over to, you lean over to, to Joe and say, man, I could have told you that was, I could have told you that was falling. Well, one, why didn't you? But that's not important right now. Uh, yeah, I can't, yeah. You know what, you, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you, you may, I'm not saying you do, but you may have the gift of prophecy because you've seen it. Unfortunately, didn't follow through with it. <laughs> you okay? You, you saw it, you knew it was falling on, your, on the person's lap. 
And you were just like, okay, let's see what happens here. You know what's going to happen. You could have said, hey, hey, man, I just, I feel like I really need to tell you that if you stick your fork in that, it's going to fall in your lap. Now, they can do, man, whatever, and fall. Or they can say, okay, well, you saw something I didn't. Is this too simple? Okay. You're like, it don't work for me. I don't like pie. Well, <laughs> maybe when you saw the piece of pie fall in someone's lap, you might have been the person who said, oh, my, let me help you with that. Let me help you clean that up. Here's 47 napkins, whatever. Here, uh, let's get this all taken care of. You might, you might have the gift of serving if, if that's your response. Man, you let something happen. You let something happen at my house. You let something like that happen at my house. I'm not, I'm not kidding you, man. And, and listen, I'm, you, you, let, you let something like that happen at my house, and I'll be like, <laughs> no. Kim and the girls, bam! I mean, they are, they like rocket out of their chair. And they're like, I got this. No, it's okay, it's okay. I mean, think about what it is that God wants you to lean into because he's gifted you. You just have to go with it. Listen, when I give these examples, I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm saying the reason we're all around the table is we all should be responding differently to a degree as we walk in our gifts. Yep, okay, okay. All right, some of you might say, you know what, I've researched this. And I found it to be true that there is a better way to eat pie. <laughs> Step one, you, you measure to make sure it's not, who would, who would it, who's that guy? Who's that woman right there? Okay, right on. No, you, you, you raised your hand. You admit, you admit it. Those, those folks have the gift of teaching. Let me explain to you, because I didn't see it coming necessarily, but in hindsight, I see you did that totally wrong. So step one, step two, you follow me? You may or may not have the spiritual gift of teaching. Maybe some of you say, oh, no. I mean, you feel the pain. You feel the pain of the pie falling on someone's lap. Oh, I feel for you. I know that must have hurt. Man, I, you know what? That happens to me all the time. No, it doesn't. You know what? Don't think a thing about it. It's okay. And you throw yourself into it to make the person feel better. Somebody else is cleaning it up. Somebody else is giving instructions. Somebody else is trying to help the person see it beforehand. But not you. No, 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 no. Not you. You have the gift of encouragement. Your concern, the person. How can I make you feel better? Because you've you got to feel horrible right now. Don't worry about that. We'll get more pie. You might have the gift of encouragement. If you would say, you know what, just take mine. Yeah, everybody's like, nope. <laughs> you, might, you might be the person that says, you know what, just take mine. In fact, pie for everyone. <laughs> if that's you, you might have the gift of giving. Others would be like, no, that's my pie, bro. It don't make you a bad person. It means you were given that pie. You eat your pie, and they can fend for themselves. Don't make you bad, might make you chunky. Maybe you're the person to say, you know what, we can get this thing cleaned up in no tie. You go, not, you go get this, you get that, you come over here. What I want you to do, I want you to wipe while you wet. 
gift of leadership. I mean, when you see something happen, immediately in your mind, you see steps to fixing it. And you are not ashamed or afraid to look at those around the table and go, here's what I need you to do. Here's Kelly, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go get some more paper towels. Joe, here's what I need you to do. You're not afraid to do that. Now, they might not respond to it. Not your fault. Not your problem. Not your fault. Not your problem. Yeah, we're all just having pie today. How about one more? Those of you might say, man, my heart just sank. Oh, my heart sank when I saw that fall in your lap, man. It was like slow motion. No! I was hurting inside, man. I just, I'm devastated. You might have to get the mercy or showing kindness. They're gifts that God give us to increase the church, encourage each other, and do his work on earth. Let's go to one more passage. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. You see, Jeff, I, I, I don't think I know any more about my spiritual gifts. <laughs> oh, you're in that story. Everybody in this room is in that story. You just don't want to admit you would have ignored it. It's all right. I would have too. Let's look at this list of spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, starting verse 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Verse 8. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. That's words of wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. That's words of knowledge. Spiritual gifts. Church, spiritual gifts. Man, you might be here today. and People come to you all the time for advice. And you're like... Bro, I don't even know what you're talking. They come to you because they, they know you're tapped into a different level of knowledge and understanding than they have in the particular subject. I, man, I, I could spend the rest of our time together just talking about how that would encourage and increase the church. I mean, it's, it's just natural, man. It's natural. You've got a, you've got a gift that God has given you. Don't squander it. You should be mentoring. You should be available. You should be answering a phone. You should be using this work to help people know Jesus Christ in a deeper level. Verse 9, the same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. It's in your Bible. The Bible says we've all been given a measure of faith. I love this verse. The same spirit gives great faith to another. Well, if it's given great faith to the other, it goes without saying that somebody else has a different level of faith. Okay? Just because you don't have the gift of exceptional faith doesn't mean you don't have faith. Because faith is a gift. Ah, oh, come on, somebody. It does, however, mean that if you have the gift of great faith, you may need to be carrying others that don't have that gift. That's a heavy load. I get it. I understand. But if you've got great faith, you may be called by God to operate in that gift and be faith for somebody else. Let me give you an example. There was a man who couldn't walk in the scripture. He had four friends that said, you can't walk there. We can. They get him. They take him to the house where Jesus is talking. They show up. Can't get near the joint. So they're like, we got to figure this out. And they're like, ah, I mean, you know what? We'll just, we'll come back. No, he's got to get to Jesus. We have faith that he's going to be healed. They go up on the roof. They tear the roof off the place and lower my dude down through the hole in the ceiling. 
And your Bible says something so interesting, and you already know this. You're saying it in your head. Jesus said, seeing the, your faith, I've healed him and forgave him. Seeing their faith. The four guys, seeing their faith, Jesus said, yeah, you can't lose, bro. You can't lose with those friends. Because they use their great faith to get you to Jesus. God, I hope you're seeing this. Some of you have the gift of healing. I do not. I do not have the gift of healing. If you're sick and I come pray for you, there's a good chance you'll die. I don't know if that's true or not, but I thought that joke worked right there. You all right? You all right, Dwayne? We good? Dwayne, on the other hand, though, he wants to come pray for you. Listen, I just, I just know I don't have a good track record, record at this. I know I don't have that gift. Oh, but I got great faith, so I'll pray for you. I'm not going to come to you and say, I can heal you, though. That's not my gift. And you know what? I'm okay with that, because there are some people, man, when they pray, they really, really pray, and no is not an option. All right. Yeah. All right. When you look around this world, especially in... in outside of our country, really, especially in third world countries, you see the gift of healing. I mean, I mean, does anybody ever look at that and say, why? See, and I don't, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the mind of God, but here's what I know. Many parts of the world, they don't have doctors, and they don't have this, and they don't have that, they don't have the technology. They don't have the money. Here's the problem. Americans don't need nothing. And so we pay somebody to be our healer. We pay someone to be our healer when there's probably someone in this room with that gift. But boy, does it take some courage to execute it or what? I'm just asking you to lean into it. That's all I'm asking. Verse 10, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. To another person, he gives the ability to speak in unknown languages or tongues, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Let me talk about tongues for a minute. You're still with me? The gift of tongues is a personal language of prayer to God. Now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to correct some bad theology here in just a minute, but no, I love you, and I'm doing it because I love you. Um, we're given a, that gift by God so that we can better communicate with God beyond our limits of knowledge and understanding. Amen, Jeff. What's, what's, what's different? What's language? Language, language all over this planet, language is an agreement between two parties that based on a series of sounds, clicks, whatever, you're going to understand what I mean. You bring me a bunch of people from Russia in here and they start talking, I'm, I'll be like, I don't know what you're saying. I'm betting you're probably making fun of me. I'm sensitive like that. Language is an agreement between two parties that when you say something, I will be able to hear it and understand it. That's what language is. So when you are praying and what you're saying is hitting the roof and bouncing back down to you, you may need, you may need to walk in this gift. Now, this is where it gets, 
for, for whatever, when I know what reason, because love was absent. But this is where it gets a little touchy because tongues have such an important part in the devotional life of a believer, but, but, but a smaller place in the corporate life of the church. Read 1 Corinthians 14, and it just unpacks it. When tongues are practiced in a corporate setting, it is to be carefully controlled, not by me. I'm not the controller of that. Dwayne's not the controller of that. Amen. But it must be controlled by the Spirit and should have an interpreter based on the Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. Now, let me, let me, let me, I, I, I know that this has been taught in so many ways, and, and I'm, I'm just not smart enough to dissect it like that. I'm really not. But I need to say, out of love, you, you, you won't effectively or righteously exercise the gift of tongues in your life without the filling of the Spirit. But it is not the evidence of the filling of the Spirit. Meaning, if you don't, you aren't. Okay, I got to, mm-hmm. That give me just enough courage to go to the next one. See, see again, let's, let's use common sense. This, this teaching has caused people to chase a gift. We need to eagerly desire the gifts, but that's different. Now, now let me pick on the other camp for a minute. Many people believe the gifts of tongue died. Well, that, that's, that's a lie. I mean, I, I, they probably didn't mean it to be a lie, and I'm not being a jerk to them. But that, I, I, I mean, many, I was taught growing up that that particular gift, which I thought was so odd. But see, what happens is when the gift of tongues start breaking out, I, I don't have control anymore. You know, I'm okay with that. The reason it was never taught to me that this gift is okay or one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is because... You lose, whoever's the guy in charge, he loses control of the situation. Because now, it's all about that. And it's, it's, it's a control mechanism that people put on folks to say, well, everything's in play well except that. Well, of course you want me to serve. Of course you want me to give. Of course you want me to teach. Of course you want me to work a bus route. Of course you want me to clean the church. Of course you want me to, of course you want, of course you want. How about you just flow in your gift? And if it ain't from God, we're all going to know it. We're all going to know it. Because I've been in situations where that's happened. And you probably have too, where you're like, mm, God, I'm, I'm real sorry I'm feeling this way, but yeah, that's, I don't know what that is, but that ain't you. We've all been there. We're not better than that. We're not better than those folks. But, 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 but the folks who believe that it died with the apostles, many of these define the gift of tongues as merely the ability to speak in other languages. That's not what it is. It's not just the ability to, to, to exercise and to flow in another language for evangelism purposes. It is not just that. Instead, the Bible is so clear that the gift of tongues is meant for an individual's communication with God. Yes, man might hear it, but according to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, even on the day, and, and this is, I, I, was, I was talking about this with somebody else that was from this side of the camp, right? And he kept bringing up 
He kept bringing up that when tongues of fire fell in the day of Pentecost, that they came out speaking in other languages, and then everybody got saved. You need to read your book of Acts. That's not what they were saying. They did not come out of the upper room communicating the gospel. Your Bible says, your Bible says that they came out of that room speaking in their own tongues the wonderful work of God. Oh, come on, this is important. This is important that we get this. They were not the preaching crowd, or I should say they were not preaching to the crowd. They were talking. They were talking to God, and a crowd happened to hear it. Now, now, now we, we, could, we, could, we could debate this, and I love these conversations. I don't like to debate, but I love these conversations. We could say, was the miracle of them speaking in the language, or was the miracle of them hearing it? I'm going with A. I mean, I'm down with B, but I'm going with A. Because when the tongues of fire fell, when the Spirit filled them, that's what they began to do. Come on, I hope you're with me. They were speaking in their own tongues the wonderful work of God, Acts 2, verse 11. And the crowd on that day of Pentecost heard the disciples excitingly praising God. That turned into evangelism. Verse 11, it is the one and only Spirit. We've talked about this for four weeks, paraclete. Comforter, same person, same guy. It's the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I'm going to read it again. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He also decides which gift each person should have. Now, I, I could have, uh, Dwayne and I were talking earlier. I, I literally, we could have spent all of our time on one a week. I know I've not exhausted it. I know there's parts of those gifts that apply that I've not talked about. Time won't allow that. I need you to get in your Bible. I need you to read it, though, through the lens of someone that knows Jesus Christ, not through the lens of what you've been told. Read the Bible as it is, written for men and women as we are, and filter it through that. Say, Jeff, is there anything I can do before that to get on this, just to, to move in that direction? Yeah, I got four things. Number one, study what the Bible says about gifts. Look at it, study it. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministry gifts. 1 Peter 4, read those chapters, study those chapters. Ask God to show you what you've never seen. Number two, ask God to show you your gifts. God, what gifts have you given me? God's not gonna be like none not what he's going to say. He'll begin, you'll begin to feel just, man, the touch of God in your life. You'll be able to begin to just grab a hold of what God's saying to you. And then you ask him, what do you want me to use these gifts? How do you want, what's the next step? How do you want me to do this that you have given me to use this, what you've given me to make a difference in the world? Number three, I'm going to encourage you to examine what you're passionate about. Examine what you're passionate about doing. If you're gifted, you're going to enjoy using your gifts. I didn't say it was always fun. didn't say it was always comfortable. But you, it's a great feeling to know you did what God told you to do. Amen. So just examine what you're passionate about. If you say, man, I, I, I never want to help anybody. I hate being called to help. You probably don't have the gift of serving. 
And number four, most importantly, in my opinion, do what the Holy Spirit leads you to do. I said, do what the Spirit leads you to do. When you feel like God's calling you to do something, have faith in him and just do it. You're like, well, I, I don't know. I probably need to blow this by about 30 people first. You know what? Why don't you step out and see what happens? I want you to know, the body Dayton is a place where it's a safe place to figure your gift out. Doesn't mean we're not going to come alongside you and, and, and either encourage or correct. But you need to understand that we are, we are for you. Come on. When you feel like God's calling you to do something, just do it. You say, man, well, I've got this gift and I got that gift from God. But, but are you using it? I need to close. Consider this for a moment. I have three kids, seven grandkids. Our kids, Dustin, Heather, and Candace, all of which are serving the Lord, and I'm thankful for that. As I preach this, my $2 are in the basement teaching your kids. Our son is on the West Coast teaching. But imagine if I wanted to give something to Dustin, Heather, and Candace to continue my legacy. This is, this is just a pretend story. What if I wanted to give them something and I knew that what they got from me was not so they would be famous, but so they continued my legacy, which in turn would continue my father's legacy. What if I had given them that? And even with the best of intentions, they just kind of logged it away. I... I, I, I can only imagine how God the Father feels when his church sits on their hands, when his church doesn't use the gifts that we've been given. I know how I would feel. Last passage in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given each of you a gift from his Great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve each other. Do you have the gift of speaking? Speak as God, as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And I could go on and say all of that about the gifts. But then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Don't insult the gift giver. Would you pray with me? time to go. God, I ask that you would just speak to our hearts. Father, I would ask humbly that just give us the courage to use the gifts you've given us. Father, help us identify them. And as you reveal them to us, we would move in it. Begin to speak to us now in Jesus' name. While you're still praying, let me ask you. If you're here and you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, let me just ask you two questions. How many of you that are Christians would say, man, I, I really probably don't know what my gifts are. Would you just raise your hand? And I'm not coming back to you. I just want to pray. God bless you and you and you all, all over the building. Praise the Lord. Put your hands down. How many would say, I've got some, some idea of what my gifts are, but I'm not using them in the church. Would you raise your hand? God bless you and you and you again. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. God, I pray for those first who don't, 
They're just not aware of what their gift is. Father, it's not because you're keeping it secret. It's not because you're withholding anything from them. Lord Jesus, I would ask that you would just soften their heart. God, that they would have faith to say yes to you. And they would move in that from this moment forward. God, even when it doesn't make sense, when it looks confusing, will they just, I, I just ask, Lord Jesus, that you would just give them the courage and the faith to say yes to you. Reveal to them your gift. Holy Spirit, I'm very, very clear to your people today. And Spirit, I ask that you would speak. Because I just believe you have not been silent on the subject. I suggest we just aren't listening. So for my friends who say, yes, I, I may have an idea what my gifts are, but I'm not using them in the church. Father, I would ask. Father, I would ask that if it's because of a wound, I just ask you to touch that right now. If it's because they have been misinformed or not led well by someone in the church or outside the church, God, I ask you to just forgive us. And I pray, Lord, that they are able to forgive themselves and the people, and that wound would have salve on it that only the Spirit can do. And they would once again take that gift off the shelf, and they would move in that gift. In Jesus' name, give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, still praying. You might be here. You might be watching online, and you might say very clearly, I desire all the different gifts, but I'm not even sure where I stand with God. Once again, that's the first step, and you're in a safe place to make that statement. If you're here today and you would say, Jeff, I, I, I want those gifts. I want to be able to move in those things. I want the power from heaven. But honestly, I know for me, step one is just repairing the relationship I have with Jesus Christ. He's right and I'm wrong. As you would say, Jeff, today I'm claiming 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. He's going to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I'll get to the gifts in a minute, you might say, but right now i got to take care of this relationship. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'm just going to pray. God bless you, sir. Who else? And you, God bless you. Agree with me, Father. Forgive us. We're sorry. We're sorry. We turn from bad thinking. We turn from bad behavior. We return from sin. We turn, we turn. And from this point forward, Lord Jesus, we rely on you and the price you paid on the cross for my sins. And I will eagerly desire the gifts going forward. Thank you for the gift I know you're giving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, I'm glad you're here. Thank you for your attention, your time. I know I went a little long. I hope that's okay. If, again, if not, I love you guys. Wednesday, 7 p.m., Facebook Live. We're going to talk to you a little more. We're going to go deeper. God bless you. Have a great week.